There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man. We're knocking out the interviews. We're bringing in the conscious man to show you all that it's possible to go from unconscious to conscious, especially in the traditional masculinity roles. And we're getting some amazing statistics. For the 20, there's 20 of the same questions, pulling out so many great responses, very similar and then hearing some phenomenal stories around suicide. This series has been very eye-opening and also heartwarming. But today I'm with my woke brother, Flynn, who is quite nervous, as we were talking before, to be here, to share his story, to be vulnerable. And I think that's the number one thing with men is to open up, be vulnerable, lean in, have courage, be brave. And that's exactly what he's doing. So without further ado, thank you very much for joining me, Flynn. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. You're welcome, brother. You're welcome. First question is, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Uh, so I was born in Tasmania uh, oh, in and Yeah, best place on earth. Uh, <laughs> and then moved here to Perth with my parents when I was six, I believe, and I've just been here ever since. Wicked, man. I've got a lot of yeah. Tassie, Tassie mates in Perth, actually. A lot, of, a lot of Tasmanians in Perth, funny enough. Maybe I just know them all, but yeah. There's, my, there's uh, a few of us around, yeah. For sure, for sure. Good breed of humans. Good breed of humans. Yeah, that's and it. How old are you now, Flynn? I'm 21, turning 22 in about a month. Wow, very fresh on this conscious journey, man. At such a young age, it's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Bit intimidating, but yeah. Bro, I think people are naturally starting to become more aware at a younger age now. Like, I definitely wasn't doing what you're doing at this age, at 21. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, I was. You know, oh man, the shit I was doing. You know. So it's really, it's really empowering and fulfilling to see people at your age coming through now, man. You're not the only one. I know a few others too, so that's awesome. Mm. Cheers, um, man. What are you doing for a living right now? Uh, at the moment, I'm, in, I'm unemployed. Uh, yeah. so I was a bartender before COVID, um, but I absolutely hated it. I hated yeah. the work, hated kind of fueling other people's self-destruction. Um, so I used COVID as a perfect opportunity to not go back unless it was on my terms. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, I'm just content writing and helping my 
dad and his partner with their business. And cool. yeah. You love writing? Yeah. I enjoy writing, yeah. Yeah, love it. Oh, yeah, nice, man. So is yeah. that what you want to do more of? Or? Uh, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure. I, uh, I do enjoy getting wisdom and sharing that with others. Um, so I'm kind of just pursuing that at the moment and seeing if that mm-hmm. feels right for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, I'm just doing everything that I can to help out others. Awesome, man. There's episode number 47, 6, 40 something with Connor mm-hmm. Creighton. He's another Irish fellow who on the Woke Man series and he's a writer and shares beautiful wisdom. I think you'd really resonate with his stuff. I'll check that out after, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, he, he, check him out on Instagram. What's sure. one What's one thing you're really good at, Flynn? Um, it's become apparent to me lately in the last six months that I'm good at talking to people or like conveying a message in a way that other people can understand. Um, whether that be, yeah, like learning something from a book and then conveying that to someone else through my own experiences of applying that wisdom to my own life, if that makes sense. Totally, bro. That's so, amazing. How did you discover that? Uh, I was hiking around the uh, mountains in Nepal at the start of the year. Um, it's my second time doing that hike, actually. Um, and I kind of just found myself in this, like, guide kind of position where, like, I'd just sprout random facts about the towns we're in and the hikes that we're doing. And people would just gravitate towards me, just listen. So from there, it's just people just wow. loved what I've said. Yeah. So you would you would naturally learn about these towns just in your own time? Like, you just wanted, you're fascinated yep. about learning about them and then you're just naturally talking about them. You weren't, like asked to talk about them you're just like hey well, did you know this did you know that pretty much yeah yeah oh, i just awesome. sprout a friend of facts and then it'd start those conversations wow sounds like you're a natural teacher that's cool what's, Thanks, your, what's your biggest fear um probably fear of not being good enough or being alone if that makes sense so not living up to my own kind of standards Mm. or not having people around me to support me. Mm. But it's, yeah, it is what it is. And I'm learning to kind of strip that back and support myself and be enough for myself. I feel you, brother. I feel you. Would you has that been like a long-standing fear or has it just recently arisen? So I feel like it's been there for a while, but it's only become apparent within the last few weeks of uh, a men's course that I'm doing. Um just because, yeah, just fear of not having someone there to kind of talk to. Mm. Um, even though it did, it's just like, it's just for some reason, it's just always there. Mm. But it's all about working through that and getting to the, the depth of that. I feel you, bro. Yeah, that's powerful, yeah. man. What's one of your favourite quotes? Uh, a quote by Chris uh, Christopher McCandles. Um, pretty much goes, happiness is only real when shared. Um, mm. The movie Into the Wild was based off his life. And since I heard that quote, it's just become more and more apparent as to how true it is. Because like something really great can happen. And if you're on your own, you're like, fuck yeah, like, something good's happened. But when you're with someone else, just that happiness and that joy is just so much more powerful. And mm-hmm. it feels more kind of authentic if you're okay. with other people expressing that. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. That movie's 
insane. I think did he? I wonder if he got that after. Did he write that while he was out by himself? And because he was very much a, like by himself for ages. Hey, in that movie. Yeah, he wrote. He wrote that in the bus. Yeah, yeah right. it was. I think it was one of his last things that he wrote before he passed. Shit, what a lesson yeah. to have, eh? Like I got goosebumps thinking about that. What a lesson to have, man. Like, oh, incredible. I couldn't agree more though. Like I couldn't agree more. I, I love having an experience with someone when you're just like, fuck, how did that happen? Or like, how cool was, how good was that? You know, like there's nothing better, man. So that's a, that's a yeah. way I love that. What's a, yeah. what's a conscious man to you? Uh, a conscious man for me is someone who, or a man who's in touch with themselves, um, who's in touch with all their emotions and can handle anything that's thrown their way. So rather than getting caught up in emotions and potentially having things come out sideways and affect the situation, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. it's someone who can kind of stay grounded and centered while still feeling everything mm-hmm. and just kind of an all around good fellow to just help those around them. Mm. Love it, man. That's cool. What's one thing that challenges you right now, Flynn? Right now, it's probably the sense of self-worth. So because I'm not working at the moment, I've been beating myself up as to like, oh, you're not good enough. You should be out there working, earning money. But then when I take a step back and go, actually, hang on, I'm still doing a lot with my day. I'm still doing a lot, kind of, even though it's not productive in the eyes of society. It's just that, that sense of maybe I'm not doing what I should be doing. Mm. and yeah that just makes me feel sometimes a little bit like fuck like all i'm doing is for nothing mm-hmm. yeah yeah appreciate you sharing that are you because you're in this men's group right now uh with finn what are you are you doing something to currently work on that um so it's kind of been something that i've been addressing over the last eight weeks because we're just coming off the tail end of it um, and I've kind of just been kind of delving into that a little bit each week as to figure out why I don't feel that sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't really put my finger on it just yet. It's one of those things that you kind of work on in drips and drabs and then that epiphany will come mm-hmm. hopefully one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty common one, isn't it? The, uh, the, the self-esteem. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely in guys. Yeah. For sure, brother. What does unconditional yeah. love mean to you? Unconditional love for me is loving someone else regardless of whatever's happened. So whether they're projecting a bunch of stuff onto you or it's just loving them no matter what with just no restrictions on that at all. Mm-hmm. They could be the worst person in the world, but you still love them. Mm-hmm. It's like they could cut you off in traffic, but you're like, oh, I still love you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just unconditional love for yourself and for those around you it's like radical forgiveness in that sense yeah exactly just having like a sense of compassion for everybody all the time yeah to help give that different perspective yeah love that man and the last question for this this series is part the the quick the quick fire do you believe in the greater power and what is that to you um I've been kind of delving into this over the last few weeks, just kind of reading bits here and there. Uh, and I've come to believe that in like a collective consciousness, 
So like we're all mirrors of each other and we're all just reflections of each other and all we're all one kind of thing. Mm. So I, I don't really believe in like a man in the cloud kind of thing. Um, although I did go to primary school mm. in a Catholic, I think it was, yeah, Catholic school too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like just, I pretty much just believe that we're all one with uh, each other and nature and mm. being able to kind of explore that and then apply that to your own life as well. So it's like if someone's, someone's getting angry at you, you go, oh, like, okay, you're getting angry at me, but where am I angry at myself? Mm. Or if you can see that you're projecting onto them, because we're all one at the end of the day. We're all just trying to become aware mm. kind of thing. So I love it. It's cool, man. It's like, Beautiful perspective. So let's get into your, your your path now, bro, and your conscious journey. Let's go back to when you consider yourself unwoke, unconscious, and how did that life compare to the life you live now? So I didn't have much of an adult unwoke life. Um, I finished high school in 2016, and I was working in a cinema at the time. And when I... The, the year after I graduated, I was kind of fluffing about trying to find something to do. Didn't have a direction, not at uni. Uh, and my dad had gone to one of Tim Morrison's cacao ceremonies. And Tim was starting his first uh, round of Invictus, which was his six-week uh, men's course. And I just, at the time, thought, fuck it. I've got nothing else to do with my Tuesday night. So I'll go along and do that. Um, and my first thought when doing that, we're doing breath work on the first night. My first thought is, holy fuck, what am I doing with my life? hyperventilating in a room full of guys on a Tuesday night. Mm. Um, but then that was kind of my first taste of this sort of path. So before that, I was really, I had a lot of anger um, and I didn't really give a fuck what it, anyone else was doing. Um, and compared to now, it's, it's like I've changed so much in the last three years. Mm. And I wouldn't give that up for the world because, mm. yeah, it's just seeing where I was and the tra- trajectory that I was on of just working the cinema, not doing anything with my life, yeah. playing video games every day. It's, it was just pretty average. So you're sort of like going through the motions back then. And it's interesting though, like, you know, what, you just finished high school and you started doing Invictus and your dad was doing a cacao ceremony. has like... Has your parents been quite open to this this a conscious lifestyle? Have they for, for your father to go to Tim Morrison's cacao ceremony? Like, how has that been introduced to you from a younger age? No, so it really started off um, in 20, 2016 with my dad when my dad split with his then partner, um, and he kind of started on this path, and I saw that and went, oh, like that seems pretty cool, you know, like learning about yourself kind of thing. Um, and so we've both kind of stepped onto this path together and yeah, so from a young age, I didn't really have anything of this sort of caliber, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, it was only really introduced in my late teens, 17, 18. Um, and I kind of found that and just went, oh, fuck, I want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. What were you angrier towards? I've got no idea, to be completely honest with you, man. I mm. think it was myself, anger that I wasn't 
out there doing what I wanted to do, which mm. now that I know what I want to do, there's no anger. Um, but through that six weeks of that men's course, it showed me that like we went into our shadows and all of that. So it showed me that there was a lot of kind of stuff to work through, which all of this has got. And then I proceeded to journey with plant medicine the year after. And then I came out of that the next day and was like, holy fuck, I feel a sense of calmness that I've never felt in my life. It was like that one night of, of the journey, just all the anger was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just the frustration that I didn't know what I was doing, had no sense of purpose or direction, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know that. So I was just frustrated at myself mm-hmm. for not knowing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, mate. And what was, so what was your biggest vice through that, those 10 years for you? Like what were you, what were you, My biggest, yeah, what were you going towards to like help you feel better? What was giving you comfort? Video games. Yeah, okay. I spent a lot of time in front of the computer, in front of the PlayStation, playing video games. Just because mm. it, it was just now that I look at it, it was a bit of an escape. Just yeah. jump on, play a virtual character in the virtual world, rather than living the actual life in the actual world. Mm. Um, so I feel as like, yeah, it was just video games. And then after I turned 18, before I started Invictus, I was out with my mates every week getting pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of stuff, as you do, just getting trashed, going out to the city and just stumbling home at 5am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's probably, yeah, I'd say video games and booze a little bit, but not mm. a whole deal. Yeah, yeah, okay. And what emotion? So you talked, you've already talked about anger, but what emotion challenged you most? Was there, was there something else? Anxiety, fear, shame, guilt. What was the sadness? Was there anything else that challenged you, or was it an anger that challenged you most? There was, there was definitely a lens of anger or frustration on my life, and it was kind of hard to see or perceive any other emotion yeah. through that because it was all just frustration yeah. um, rather than guilt or shame or sadness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely think there was a bit of a bit of guilt, I guess, because when I was going through year 11 and 12 uh, of high school, when you're meant to pick what you want to do for the rest of your life, I had no idea. So I picked a few courses to kind of give me the best kind of chance of success if you will to get into uni and then when i dropped out of that to go pursue more like learning on my own so i dropped down to like dnt and tech graphics and woodwork work with my hands because that's what i love mm. uh when i pursued or wanted to step down from tertiary kind of education to just work with my hands and then learning outside of school um there was a lot of conflict with my dad during that um, and there was, there was definitely a lot of like, um, guilty for not wanting to go to university or like live up to the standards that he'd set. Um, hmm. so yeah, frustration and a bit of guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you contribute that to something that happened in your past? That frustration, that guilt, like what were you frustrated at? What were you angry at? Is there something that, you know, did you react to anyone? Like, who were you, who was triggering you? Oh, my sister triggered the fuck out of me all the time. 
she knew exactly what buttons to push and she pushed them all the time. Um, <laughs> she so, older or younger? She's younger. So she's five years younger than me. Okay. But um, yeah, it was, sorry, go on. She was the, she was the, she was the reason that you were getting very, very angry. She was the person that my anger was directed at. Yeah. Mm. It's just like, that needed a release and she'd push the button and it'd be like, ah, oh, fuck you kind of thing. Mm. Like there was definitely a lot of times where there was yelling matches or like you'd walk past each other and like mm. shove each other into the wall kind of thing. Like I did that to her. She did that to me. Mm. So it was definitely like a two way street, but it was more on my side. And mm. now that I look back on it and now that we've talked about that, um, it was that she, all she wanted was big brother mm. to be there for her during her, years of uh, starting puberty i guess like mm-hmm. coming into adolescence all she wanted was that big brother figure and i was just like essentially resisting her because all she wanted was just to give love and receive love but mm. i didn't want that at the time so i was just getting frustrated for her mm. or at her for that it's beautiful when you but, can have that perspective hey and you just go oh that's all you wanted was just love like everyone that's all yeah. we're doing we're all acting out yeah. of love to, to, to feel more of it so that, that's it got that awareness man that's, it. that's really powerful Excellent. and have you found actually, that you've let that go and like found forgiveness for that yeah so in the last in the last six months since COVID um, when I've kind of done a lot of like introspection and kind of looking at how I act in the world and how I move around the world mm. and affect those around me um the connection I've got with my sister has definitely opened up a lot more. It's a lot more in depth. Mm. And I feel like, and she has said this uh, as well, that she definitely feels like I've stepped up more into that big brother sort of space that I wasn't at mm-hmm. in my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the love that we've got for each other now is just astronomical. Mm-hmm. We're still bigger every now and again, as siblings do, but it's it's not the way it used to be. It was, it's still, it's just, Bickering and it's like, all right, cool. I still love you, but I'm gonna go do my thing. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's cool, man. And whose love did you crave most growing up, and who did you have to be to get it? So, I don't feel like I craved anyone's love growing up. Um, I grew up in a uh, uh, two single parents. So I lived with my mum one week and my dad one week. Um, so like week on week off with my sister. So we were both kind of like bouncing between houses. Um, and we always had that love from our parents, which I'm grateful for. Um, but then coming into my, yeah, my teen years in high school, all I wanted to do was kind of do my own thing. Mm. But I feel like there was this emotional separation from my father, like that he wasn't showing up in that kind of space that I needed. So I didn't know how to articulate that. Mm. Um, what did you, so what did you need from me? I felt, I just needed a dad really just to sit there and listen and not kind of go, oh no, you need to go to uni. Just someone mm-hmm. to support me and just hang out and just be that kind of guiding masculine role in helping me form who I am. Because mm-hmm. in adolescence, like you've got no idea who you are. It's mm-hmm. like you wear so many masks at school and at work that you don't really have a sense of self or I didn't at the time. Um, and so I guess what I was after from him was just a bit of solidity in that to help try figure out who I was. Um, 
and we've talked about this since and it's it's great to be able to kind of talk about that with him now um and part of me is kind of glad that i didn't have that during adolescence because then i wouldn't have um because then i wouldn't have had these hurdles to jump over and these lessons to learn yeah so exactly man exactly that's cool got some good ownership there brother it's beautiful thanks man talk to me about a low point in your life what what was the lowest point in your life and was suicide ever an option for you can't really answer the first part of the question just yet it hasn't really come to mind but suicide I think we've all thought about it before like it's always crossed our mind but every time it kind of pop in I'd sit back and go no like it's not for me it's not what I want to do because that would like it would ripple through everyone else's life like it affects mm-hmm. everyone around me and I don't think I could put that onto other people and plus mm-hmm. like it's a great world out there there's a lot to experience and I personally want to just sink my teeth in and just get oh, as much of it as I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. For sure. In terms of lowest point in my life, um, probably, probably the year following me leaving high school. Because I was, yeah, living, not living, sorry, I was working in the cinema, doing nothing. I wasn't at TAFE, wasn't at uni, had no sense of direction. All I was doing was waking up, go to work, come back play video games and I didn't really kind of have anything else to do or I couldn't see that I had anything else to do Mm -hmm. Um, and then since stepping onto this journey uh, it's everything's just opened up so I'd say probably yeah between the ages of 17 through to 18 like that year year and a half it was also pretty hard when my dad split with his ex-partner because I was year, uh, just going into year 12 at the time and his partner of 10 years, I think it was, just split. So it was me and him. Uh, we moved out here to North Beach together and my sister had gone down to live in Boston with my mum. And so it's kind of just us two. And that was just... It was just plodding along, just trying to keep shit ticking along, trying to keep things things afloat, I guess. Like he was going through a bit of a hard patch and I, I feel like I took on some of that in a way just to kind of help support him through that. For sure. Um, so I'd, I'd say probably probably that year, year and a half period where, he was, where I was trying to support him to help him find his feet again. Mm-hmm. And then now that he found his feet, it's gone, okay, cool, like we can both, pursue this journey of a, in, enlightenment, I guess, together. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man, that you so, get, yeah. can, can share that together too, yeah? But it's it's mm. always interesting yeah. um, having having you, like people at your age on here because it's like w- what's driving you is so different to say like Davey Rowe and some of the, and, and even Phil Jedstead, the guy mm. I interviewed just recently, who are in their 50s and well, feels 70 I think but it's like mm. it's so incredible to see the contrast of where you're at and where everyone's on their journey so it's like you know 
you're you're going into a life where maybe you're now you've got the tools, but you're probably not going to experience one of the lowest points, say as like Fee, Fee, who you know, Fee, who was on mm. there as well, where he was like just about to commit suicide. But because you're going to have tools yeah. to keep you out of that lull, it's not to say you're not going to feel the emotion, but you're going to have mm. tools because you're doing this men's work, you're doing this work to go boom, straight back out. So it's really interesting to see that. So for people listening too, it's like it's a really powerful example you are to say the the sooner you do this the easier it's going to be for you to to, to navigate yeah. yourself through these treacherous times that you might face mm. it's, it's, i've definitely found myself i've definitely found myself questioning why i'm on the path a little bit because i've always been on, on this path i'm a little bit self-conscious about my age you know like 21 who's going to listen to me who gives a shit kind of thing i've got no major traumas to deal with kind of thing so like why the fuck am I doing the work and being in the men's groups where I've seen other guys open up about their traumas and what they've gone through and experienced in their past it's maybe go oh fuck like they've got so much more mm. reason to be here and then it's made me go fuck why am I doing the work like mm. what am I doing this for if I've got nothing kind of in there to deal with but like yeah. you said it's just getting the, the the tools and kind of preparing for life I guess well, that's what, you know, I talk about this a bit. I totally understand what you're saying. And I talk about this a bit where I'm like, yeah, but our kids, you know, trauma, okay, trauma's relative. So, like, you can have a pet butterfly that you absolutely love and it dies, you know, and that's traumatic to you. And whereas the same thing happens with a child, right? Like, you're connected to it. Same, like, I had a dog for six years, passed away. I was like, that was my son. And I was like, fucking killed me. And... um whether that's with the someone, someone else has that same experience with their child or their grandparent or whatever, like it's all relative. You feel the same way. But it's like when we have kids, say, you know, in say 10 years you have a child, you've done the work to shut off the gene expression that happens six, seven, up to seven generations back, you know, if you're looking at generational trauma. Yeah. And so they don't have to come down here and waste all this fucking time on healing you know, I'm 30 yeah. now. I've spent fucking years doing this shit to re- get rid of some of the experiences. But without those experiences, I wouldn't be here now. And I would rather heal this shit so my children don't heal that shit. And they can go out and do whatever the fuck they want and live their truth. So it's like, That's basically, it. we're going to activate consciousness quicker. So it's going to be like, boom. So like, yeah. what you, I guess what I'm adding up to here is that like, when you question that, just counteract that and say, yeah, but my children haven't come through yet. You know, and mm. what you might be learning might be a 10 year apprenticeship starting here. Now, it might be a doctorate in philosophy. Who knows? Mm. So, but if you had to worry about spending another five years in your early 20s healing trauma, then you wouldn't, your doctorate would take five years longer. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's all comparable because we've all got a specific purpose, just like our fingerprint. And those people listening now, it's like if, you, mm. if you're resonating the same with what Flynn's saying, is like comparing your trauma, comparing your pain. Just know that your path is singular. It's You're an individual and that you won't know now, but hindsight will tell you. And it's it's like we, we just can't know everything right now, man. Hey, we can't. We can't know everything. Yeah. We just got to trust that yeah. it's happening for us. You know, like mm. what there's something out moving. moving the, we're like pawns on a chessboard. There's something moving that pawn into different places and you become the king or the queen or whatever but yes very beautiful man and what was the was was tim morrison's retreat the significant awakening for you like what was the 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 moment where it was like boom like fuck something more here 
Um, I'd say I'd say that was part of it. It wasn't necessarily the, the be all and end all. It was one little step in the in that moment of oh fuck, like there's more to life. Because yeah. um, I didn't fully go into it knowing what I was doing. I've got mm. a habit of like if I'm going to do something, I'll just jump straight in the deep end, come out the other end, and go oh fuck, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely part of it. Doing the, the six weeks of that, and then another part of it was, um, as I mentioned earlier, I journeyed with ayahuasca a year, the year following that, um, and that was definitely like, ah, oh, fuck, okay, like once you're on the path, you can't stop. So those two combined mm. were both just like, okay. okay, like there's something here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's something yeah. here. Like once I've seen it, I can't unsee it, kind of thing. It's once you now, get the, the glasses on, bro. Work. Yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yes, yeah. You can't take them off. Yeah, that's crazy. yeah. So it was, it was those two. Yeah, cool, man. And so we talk about healing and healing being part of this journey. So you've already mentioned, you know, men's groups and plant medicine. Has there been any other modality that's, that's that you've been delving into that's helped you? Breath work. Um. I wouldn't really say any other modality. I do, I'd like, I've started meditating more. I found that's helped. But for me, a big catalyst to help in my healing, if you will, or like self-realization is I, um, I've done a hike around the Annapurna mountain range in Nepal twice. Once when I was 18, kind of just for the shits and gigs. And then I did it again at the start of this year. And those have both been massive learning opportunities to kind of, in a way, kind of like a self-guided rite of passage where it's the, the removing of myself from everything I know into this foreign country on my own or with a friend doing like hiking like 15 k's a day in a place that I've never been to before. Mm. Um, and that caused a lot of introspection and mm. like, yeah, like healing because just pushing yourself that little bit more. And if you can push yourself through that, then you can push yourself through anything. Or I feel like that. Fucking hell. First, the first time I did the trek, it was just to see the site. And there was this one spot on the trek where I sat down on a rest day. Um, and I came back home, uh, went to a cacao ceremony, and then got this vision of this exact spot. Um, and then I kept getting that vision for years afterwards. And that's why I went back at the start of this year to go back to that exact spot to see what was there for me, almost as if it was calling me back. Jeez, um, awesome. So I went went back there this year, almost on the same day. Um, and it was just fucking powerful, man. Like, That's really cool. And so, so was it like yeah. a week-long hike? It was two weeks. So, so you were hiking for the whole two weeks and camping in the ranges? So it was hiking from um, village to village. So like you stay at tea houses with the families, eating with them kind of thing. Uh, so we didn't have to carry tents or food, which is a godsend because that would have been a lot harder. But um, yeah, this year when I did it, I um, I kind of went, all right, like what what's my intention to do it? What am I kind of trying to push through and resolve on this trek? So I had a bit more kind of reverence for it, if you will, rather than just hiking. I went there with a purpose, and yeah, that was that was a big thing. That was a big That's healing. Man. That's beautiful. I love that, bro. I'm excited. I really want to just jump. That was the Himalayas, yeah? 
yeah, the, the Annapurna Mount range. Oof, oof. I'm really excited yeah. to get there once all this shit blows over. Oh, mate, it's incredible. Hmm. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. And I'm reading um, a book called uh, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, who mm-hmm. he, one of the great Indian spiritual teachers, and he did his training up there in the mountains of the of the Himalayas with all the yogis and some of the shit they do up there, man, it's a very, very profound, energetic, like hotspot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm pretty sure the Himalayas are the, um, crown chakra of the world, but there's a lot happening there. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, a lot happening energetically. And yeah. if you go there, you can, you can just feel it. You can just feel just, it, I don't want to say the tension, but you can just feel it all. Yeah. It's just something about yeah. it. Eh? Yeah. Cool, man. That's it. So how's your friend group changed as you've changed? So it's changed astronomically. <laughs> so I've, uh, I didn't really, I say, uh, part of me wants to say I didn't have many friends during high school, but I always had friends. Um, it's just that I don't feel like I had any close friends that I could kind of talk to about anything or like everything. Um, and so when I left high school, I had this, these two friends, two really good friends. Uh, one of which I haven't actually seen in years. Um, but my other friend, Edward, he, since I've been on this path, he's one of those friends that's like, oh, like, give you shit for it kind of thing in a loving way. Um, but in doing this work, I've found so many other friends who are on this path as well and can help, help kind of bolster you up when you need it kind of thing. Mm. And so I've got the kind of like the, the duality, if you want to say, like we've got all these friends over here who are, you know, like on the path, like doing all this healing, like who we can, I can talk to about anything. Mm. But then I've also got like my mates from school who I still love going and seeing. Mm. Um, so there's definitely been people who have dropped away, mm. but then there's like a few mates who have stuck around from my past, which I'm grateful for because it helps helps bring a bit of um I kinda of want to say humbleness into it. Because I find what some people on this path tend to do and I found myself doing this um becoming enlightened, like you get a bit egotistical about it. And then I'll go hang out with them and go, Oh fuck, no, I'm still just a person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm we're still human, we're still doing the work. It's just it is what it is. So two different friend groups for two different I don't want to say reasons, but for two different kind of purposes if you will yeah. and i love them both to the bottom of my heart mm, that's beautiful bro that's awesome I, I totally resonate with that too from from my sake and it's like i feel like you get to a point where you try and i don't know i'm speaking for myself here but it's like you, you sort of renounce all old ways maybe because for me they were very toxic so i'm like renounce all old ways not very toxic but also just like they were i was too vulnerable to go back there so it's like mm. you, you you renounce all that and you go these are my new friends and you guys no, they're not really. Um, and then you also come back to the balance and then you find a tribe that really does resonate with you. That's just, mm. in, at least in, in my experiences, but it's it's beautiful to be able to have, to remember who you were. And like like you say, you talk about this a lot. Everyone is just a reflection of us. So if we come in, if we're running away from someone or a group of friends and it's just like we're running away from our healing. So yeah, like, that's everyone it. Everyone is like, they're just an expression of their experiences, you know? Yeah. That's it. Oh, bro. That's cool. And so we've got two questions left, brother. What's, what part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for? 
I guess the awareness, the awareness that's brought me around my own actions and how I, how I move around the world and affect others. And the awareness is that whatever happens isn't really happening. Like you said earlier, it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm. Um, so I'm grateful to have come across that. Like when I, when I started on this path, I looked into stoicism a bit and you know, like read about Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and all that. And that taught some very valuable lessons as to like, yeah, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And if you use whatever's happening as a lesson and like, like as Rocky says, it's not about how hard you can hit that hard, how hard you can get hit. It's the awareness that, yeah, everything's a lesson if you use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I'm super grateful for that and for people who have reflected that to me, mm. that I've seen them go through these these tough times, through these trials and tribulations, but then come out the other side as better people yeah. and not let the situation kind of have a negative impact on their being. Mm-hmm. They've just kind of let it flow through them, learn the lessons and gone, okay, cool, that happened. Mm. And using yeah using that to become better people nice bro nice what's one tip you to give your old self who's just starting this journey just be kind to yourself mm. like i beat myself up a lot when i started on the journey and i still do a little bit now like oh, why the fuck are you doing this you're not doing this right mm. this is to be kind to myself to yeah. just have that compassion for self and that love for myself and those around me just be kind love it bro because it's yeah we're all on this journey together and okay. it's never easy. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. I love it, brother. Yeah. I appreciate Cheers, you, man. man. appreciate you for jumping on here and sharing your story. How do you feel now after finishing this episode from when you started? I feel, gr- I feel great. The The nervousness has gone in like the first two questions. Yeah, cool, man. So I completely forgot that we were recording it and so yeah. talked and <laughs> I love it. Nice, man. I feel great. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your, your journey and, and keep going on this path brother because you're inspiration for those men at your age and even those older now to go fuck yeah let's pull my head in (laughs) let's get on this path and 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 really it's not about whether you're you're the most spiritual the most conscious it's it's or you're the most awakened it's just whether you're the most whole in yourself and you do it for yourself and that's it it's just like you want to just be more loving be more fulfilled be more empowered that's what we're doing it for no one else that's it appreciate you bro and that's it Thank you to everyone for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out. And just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.